Hello, friend. Welcome to episode 17 of Sally's Performing Arts Lab podcast. Every day I gotta stop for a minute. Think about how good my life is with you in it. Every day I wanna stop and think about you. crazy changing up the place in the show where I play music. I'm your host Sally Adams and I've taught people how to produce original work for the stage for over 30 years. If you're not yet a Performing Arts Lab subscriber, find a platform and subscribe to Sally Pal. I'm on a bunch of podcast platforms including Podbean where Sally Pal will be a featured show the week of November 27th. With your help, Sally Pal is also in the top performing arts podcasts on Player FM. If you haven't signed up for the Sally Pal team, sign up on sallypal.com and you'll get a free insert for your creator's notebook. We'll keep building on it every month. Your first insert is a list of people you'll need to help you produce your show, along with some great links to more in-depth information and a few bits that might make you chuckle. Today's episode features Steve Barker, beer and booze professional, and a terrific actor who originated the role of Drover in the musical Hank the Cowdog by David Blakely, based on the books by John R. Erickson. Steve is currently performing in a new play by Bruce Dean Willis titled Time for Chocolate. The play opens October 6, 2017, and you can purchase your tickets to this exciting original work at www.hellertheaterco.com. The play has metaphysical debates, fight scenes, historical riddles, body rhymes, and of course, mushroom-laced hallucinogenic chocolate. And it all takes place among the Aztecs. All this and Aztecs too? That is crazy! Heller Theater is working in conjunction with Tulsa Latino Theater. I'll be sure to include some links in the blog and show notes if you want to dive a little deeper. Be sure to listen until the end of the interview for Concise Advice from the interview, and words of wisdom from George. Let's get started. Steve Barker, thank you so much for being on Sally Pal. You know what? Thank you for reaching out and, and asking me to do this. I'm, I'm actually very honored that you did that. I have often thought that you are a person I would like to get to know better and find out more about. I know from watching you, you have some creative stuff going on in that brain of yours. And I've heard that you've done improv. I have, actually. Um, when I was in college at the University of Alabama, I was getting a theater degree. I was in the honorary theater fraternity Alpha Psi Omega. And I was president of the fraternity. And we were trying to come up with an idea for a fundraiser. Chester Lee suggests that we do an improv show because that way we don't have to pay stage right and we can just be creative and just have a lot of fun. I was a little bit trepidatious at first because I'd never really done improv, but he took us through and introduced us to some games and we melded together. We wrote a few scripted things that we thought would do well in case some of the improv stuff bombed. And then it just grew. We were known as the Improvables. We did it the next year where it was uh, the Improvables 2, New and Improv. The third year was Room for Improv. It's pretty addictive, isn't it? It was a lot of fun. Improvisation is nothing if not original. 
And I am encouraging people to get out there and do the performing arts. I really love it when people do original work. And of course, you've done Hank the Cowdog, among other things. You're working with David Blakely again, who I will be interviewing. And I want to find out about the creative process. For your listeners who aren't familiar with Hank the Cowdog, it is a serialized children's book series. I say serialized because my understanding is that it ran in the Tulsa World newspaper for a little bit before he actually started writing the book. Hank the Cowdog is a dog who is kind of a cowboy, so he has been a cow dog. Tulsa Repertory Musicals, uh, Dan and Kathy call the Tulsa Theater Legends. There are different animals that, that make their way into the books. Well, that's kind of hard to stage. Are you going to be real animals or, you know, put on animal costumes or whatever? Um, well, once they, uh, TRM got the blessing, David Blakely started to transfer it to a script. And his idea was to set it as a radio drama. So it's set in a radio station. And there is George, who does Hank and Hank only. Then there's myself, the actor, and, and I did every other voice, almost every other voice. That means I had to come up with different voices for the different ancillary characters that come through. His right-hand dog, Drover, who wasn't too bright, he ended up talking kind of like this. Oh, my leg. <laughs> there's a horse that comes through. There's a, there's a feline. It's been so long since we've done it. You created probably half a dozen characters at least. You were constantly changing hats. Kendall Trotter, who played the radio manager, would exchange hats for me when I was too busy to do it for myself. Each character had a different hat. And, and I would not change the voice or the body posture until that hat was on. The hat kind of created the character. When Dan and Kathy approached me about it, they already knew that I had done something similar. When I was in freshly out of college, I was living in Chicago, and I decided to take the summer off, and I came back down to Tuscaloosa to reunite with some of my college friends. And my good friend and former radio compatriot, Frank Thompson, who was a big Gilligan's Island fan, had written <laughs> Gilligan's Island, an original musical parody. I didn't quite fit for any of the characters, but uh, we definitely wanted to work together because I had taken the time off from work to come down and, and hang out and do theater. So I was cast as everybody else. I was all the visitors to the island. They ended up fixing the boat and getting off the island, but they crashed onto Fantasy Island. So at the end, I was Mr. Roar. <laughs> I had done Greater Tuna also. Once they knew that I could do different characters and pull it off rather quickly, they kind of felt that I was right for the role. So as soon as I, I read the script, to answer long-windedly answer your question, I just sat down and I broke out, okay, so there's some dialogue as just me, the actor. There's some dialogue as me, the narrator. It was very newsy of 1940s. Stay tuned, boys and girls, for the adventures of Hank the Cowdog. And then I just I kind of had to figure out what was something that stood out character-wise, and then I just created the voice to that, and then after that came the body posture, and then after that came the hat. Walk me through the process from the opening. You read through the script, and you thought, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I would just kind of walk around the house and uh, with the script and look at it and read it, and I'd put the words out in the ether, and if it sounded right, I said, okay, well, put that in the memory bank. Did you find that there were some that didn't work? They were pretty much okay with anything I put out in front of them. I'm usually my harshest critic. Oh, yeah. How do you go from one show to the next or one rehearsal to the next and maintain those characters? I kind of think of it like this, that no one's really going to know unless they've seen the show twice or three times. Mm -hmm. And if it's somewhat off, it might be just a little bit off. It might be just a slight tweak or that kind of thing. I wouldn't necessarily 
go from one show to the next and change the character's voice drastically. But do you ever confuse them? Like, do you say, okay, I'm doing this character, but I'm accidentally using this other character's voice? This kind of harkens back to college days when uh, in one semester I'm doing a scene for one class and doing a scene for another class. I'm on stage and on the main stage doing this show and doing the improv show later in the evening. I kind of get into a place where, all right, I'm in this physical environment and I'm with this particular physical person, and they said that particular line, okay, this is what I'm doing, this is what my body and my voice remembers, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you have great muscle memory, I'm guessing. That's kind of how I learn lines and blocking, is just by doing it and doing yeah. it and doing it. And that also kind of comes from doing stage combat throughout college. That is definitely muscle memory. So it all kind of ties together. There were three guys over six foot four in that show, I think. Right, yeah. I mentioned George and, and Kendall was the stage manager, but the third guy, he kind of stole the show in my mind. He was silent throughout. He did not say a word, but he was our sound effects guy. He actually stood up at one point. We have these three tall individuals with George, myself, and the sound guy, and then there's a little short Kendall. She actually <laughs> had to step up on a little cubicle in order to change some of my hats for me because my hands were full with other things. So we had that little sight gag built in. It was it was fun. It's always fun to be big and cartoony. You know, with Hank the Cowdog, I got to be goofy in front of a bunch of kids, and that, that always just kind of makes my heart smile. This past month, we did the Heller Shorts. In fact, Heller has come out and said that from here on out, they're doing completely original works and nothing else. It also will have its foibles, I'm sure, because, I mean, when you're trying to sell the show to the public, there are some people that say, oh, I want to go see that Albee play, or oh, it's Shakespeare. But they see that there's a new play by Bruce Dean Willis, they go, who? <laughs> Unless they're tied into the community and they know that he is a professor of theater at the University of Tulsa. I'd spend a lot of time away from theater, you know, being in the, the bartending life. Uh, that's when you make your money is at night, and that's usually when rehearsals go. So uh, I ended up getting behind the bar for Dave and Buster's and moved up to Chicago and helped them open up a couple of stores up there. And spent a couple of years in Chicago freezing, and then and I went out to the Los Angeles area, started getting behind the bar, slinging drinks out there, and I got into a rut. You know, people get into a groove, I fell into a rut. I got away from theater. I got away from acting. Then I moved to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I had a, a condo I could stay in that my parents owned. And then I bought a house. Then theater found me again, or I found theater. I kind of fell in with the Heller Theater Company, and I couldn't be happier. That's fantastic. I'm so excited for both you and them. They're very lucky to have you. I'm interested, too, in this uh, play. It's very different. It's based on a historical event during the reign of the Aztecs in Mexico. It's basically a coming-of-age story. The main character's son is about to become an eagle warrior, you know, the Aztecs are trying to take over as many towns as possible, and so they're they're pulling warriors from the towns that they already kind of control. So the main character is trying to instill upon his son the the necessity of art with the the physicality that he is so good at. The main character Stone Creek invites some of his poet friends. I'm one of the poets that comes in that tries to impart some wisdom upon the young gold eagle. David Blakely is directing. How do you like working with him? David is very collaborative, and that's one of the things that I really love about doing original works is the collaborative effort. My thing about doing original works is you're collaborating with the creator. There was a story a couple of weeks ago about a production of Edward Albee, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, in Portland, Oregon. And Edward Albee's estate denied the stage rights 
because there was a black man that was cast in the role of Mick. That is something where you get this director who's got this idea for a twist on a show, and they cast who they think is right for the role, and then the estate, not the playwright, not the person who originally envisioned it. The estate says no. So when you're doing original work, oftentimes you have access to the playwright. When we did uh, The Light Fantastic or In the Wood, which was my introduction into the Heller Theater Company, it was a, a play that was written by David. It was directed by Sarah Crumpleton. And that was a collaborative effort also with David wearing the playwright hat. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a collaborative effort with David wearing the director hat. We also have access to Bruce wearing the playwright hat. What is David's process like? With Hank the Cowdog, you know, he was there for every rehearsal because, you know, it's a musical and we're going over music. You know, we'd come up to a point, you know, this, this isn't quite working. What if we do this? And, of course, he's just, yeah, man, whatever works. <laughs> we added in some comedic bits. My character and Quinn Blakely, David's son, is playing another of the poets. My character is all about propriety. And Quinn's character, Rainstorm, is more bawdy. And our characters kind of butt heads a bit. That's one of the things that I love about doing original theater, just to repeat myself, is that you know working with playwrights who are available and receptive to ideas, that's one of the things that I like because it feels more collaborative than just doing straight plays that has been known. For it sure. adds a different level, for sure. It's a collaborative effort, so we're trying sure. to make sure that we put the best product out there. My best experiences seem to have been with the originals. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for an episode of Name That Beverage. That's right, today our contestant Steve Barker is here. Steve is a liquor expert from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he's going to tell us what kind of alcohol you should be drinking with what playwright. Steve Barker, Sally Adams, your Sally Pal host, will name a type of theater or a playwright, and you must name the beverage. Fine. Here we go. As a professional, what would you drink with improv comedy? Improv. Ooh, uh, let's see. That's a mixed bag. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would maybe get like a, a mixed six-pack. A lot of uh, liquor stores have a, a wall uh, where you can kind of mix and match your own six-pack. That way you're not tied into one specific thing. Oh, what would you drink with Tennessee Williams? Tennessee Williams, uh, that's a mint julep. Excellent. Pinter. Pinter, ooh. Okay, all the long pauses. So let's get back to that one. Christopher Durang. Mmm, Christopher Durang. A red wine of sorts. Maybe a nice candy and some fava beans. Steve Barker, tell us what makes you a beverage expert. I work at a high-end liquor store in South Tulsa. The main duties are split between my buddy Byron, who is more on the wine side, and myself. We're very hands-on, so it's kind of hard for me to get away in the evening. All right, back to the game. What about Sarah Rule, who wrote The Vibrator Play, or In the Next Room? Uh, 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 Cosmopolitan, or Lemon Drop. I wanted to create a drink specifically for the ladies. I named it Steve's Johnson. This was back before we had uh, flavored vodkas, and I was trying to come up with a bubblegum martini. There's a drink called a Madras, which is vodka and cranberry and orange juice. And I added a little bit of creme de banana to it, which kind of gave it a bubblegummy flavor. And back to Harold Pinter. The Pinter Pause. 
I'm going to say... I'm doing a long pause here on purpose, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking you want to get drunk quickly in that pause. If you're enjoying the pause, because you're the perpetrator, you want something slow. Maybe something slow sipping? A long pause would be uh, maybe a hot toddy. Ooh, a hot toddy. Hmm. I was going to ask if you had any advice for someone who was looking to participate in something original or create something original. Like, what would you tell them to do? If you can see the way, if you can make the way, if you can do the way, do it. That's what I would suggest. The short festival that Heller did just a few weeks back, of course, they're focusing on original work. Mm -hmm. So all eight of the playwrights were local. Not necessarily Tulsa local, but Oklahoma local. If you're into creating something like that, write, 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 write until you find something you feel good about and can be staged, and then look for festivals like that to submit your work for. If you want to create something on the actor's level, audition, 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 and just do whatever you can, whatever feels right to you, and create that way. If you want to produce, find some venue, find some piece of work you want to do, find somebody who has a piece of work that you want to work with. The thing is to just do it. Don't hold yourself back because you feel that you're not good enough or we don't have this or we can't do that. Those are all negative barriers that you're putting in front of yourself. Create, 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 audition, 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 do, do, do. I just so much appreciate you saying all that, and I have so much regard for you and the preparation and talent that you have. I appreciate that. Thank you. Tell me about your work on the digital stage. I created a YouTube channel, and I did some beer reviews. I did a four-part series. Each part was three or four beers. The YouTube channel is Steve Barker, the number eight. How I titled it was Thinking About Drinking. And what are the details on Time for Chocolate? Two weekends on Friday and Saturday nights only. It's October 6th and 7th and October 13th and 14th. The show goes up at 7.30 at the Nightingale Theater. And uh, if you're not familiar with the Nightingale, the address there is 1416 East 4th Street. It's on uh, 4th and I believe Quincy is the cross street. It's a quirky space, perfect for original works in my opinion. Yeah, Steve, this has been so great. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you taking time out to talk with me. I'm always happy to speak about theater, acting, uh, booze, beer. Those are the things that are near and dear to my heart. I'm always happy to speak on those. It's now time for concise advice from the interview. A short version of tips from my guest, Steve Barker. Get up. Today, I have three bits of advice if you want to be part of the original performing arts scene. Number three, create, create, create. Number two, audition, audition, audition. And the number one piece of advice from my guest, Steve Barker, do, do, do. That's it for concise advice from the interview. Next week, I'll introduce another episode from the Creator's Notebook on staffing your production. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sally, and this is Sally Pal. The P-A-L in Pal stands for Performing Arts Lab.
Check out the blog, sallypal.com, for articles and podcast episodes and to sign up for a free creator's notebook insert. Thank you for sharing, subscribing, reviewing, and especially thank you for listening. I encourage you to pursue your dream to have your original work on the stage in front of a live audience. It's scary, but I'll be here with advice, encouragement, and a growing community of people like us. If you like Sally Pal, a new podcast goes out every Monday evening. Now I have one bit of wisdom from George, my husband, the coolest guy on the planet. George, what's your wisdom for today? If you want someone to help you move, be sure to have beer and pizza ready. Excellent advice indeed, George. Excellent advice indeed. Remember, all the performances you've seen on stage once lived only in someone's imagination. Now it's your turn. Thank you again for listening. If you're downloading and listening on your drive to work or falling asleep to my rogue radio, like my sister does, let me know you're out there. I want to help you learn to produce and direct original shows for a live audience. It's what I do, and you can too. Think about you Every day I gotta stop for a minute Think about how good my life is with you Every day I wanna stop and think about you I totally screwed this up I do some editing